The Path of Resistance podcast is the podcast for people wanting to learn how living life with intentionality can lead us to living our best lives. In today's world, the norm is to follow the path of least resistance, which leads to mediocrity at best. Instead, you should strive to take the path of resistance, knowing that what's to come is sweeter than what you ever could have imagined. I'm your host, Carly Welty. Join me as I interview guests who have taken the path of resistance in all areas of life and are here to share the beauty that has brought them. On this journey, you can expect to hear stories about finances, faith, business, mindset, and anything in between. Let's dive in. Today, I'm talking to Tamara. We were introduced by a mutual friend, and I'm so thankful for that connection. Tamara owns a company that provides neighborhood publications to two neighborhoods in our community. We talk about some of the things she has learned in the past five years of being a business owner, like how she ditched the 10-hour workday and is more efficient than ever. Trust me, you don't want to miss this one. Here's today's episode. Hi, Tamara. How are you today? I am doing great. How are you, Carly? Good. I am so excited to finally have you on the podcast. I know this episode will be amazing. So let me start out with my first question that I always ask, which is, what is an example of a time that you took the path of resistance, which led to a more beautiful result? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. And it's such a great question because it, my response is going to demonstrate how awesome it is when you take the path of resistance. So here we are. Yeah. The path of resistance that one of the most, one of the most, I've had several in my life, but the most recent and significant path of resistance that I chose was to start my own business. And it was something that I had always wanted to do. And I never wanted to, I don't want to say never wanted to, but I felt as though I couldn't take the leap. There were always five reasons not to take the leap. And then when this one opportunity presented itself, I realized that I just really needed to take the bull by the horns and just can make a commitment to this shift. And it has been the best thing that has ever happened for me and my family. That is amazing. And tell us a little bit more about your business and what kind of business it is and what do you do? Sure. I am a franchisee. So much like Starbucks or McDonald's across the country, I am a franchisee with Into the N2 company. The N2 company got its start almost 20 years ago, producing private neighborhood publications. And it has evolved over the years to include many different service lines. But for me here in Las Cruces, I had the opportunity to take over two beautiful publications about five years ago. So I am the community connector for Sonoma Ranch and also for Boccaccio Mountain. And I get to work with our neighbors in both neighborhoods to gather all of the stories that they actually write each month about their kids, their pets, their travels, their jobs, their hobbies, their work in our community, whatever it may be, whatever's on their heart to write about. And I gather all those stories and we turn them into their beautiful private neighborhood publication. And it was officially my role as area director, but here locally, I'm the community connector. And it's just been such a gift. I've met so many wonderful businesses. My second role, I have a two-part job. My second role is to go out into our community and look for businesses that would be a good fit to introduce to our neighbors. 
So a business, a local business could be looking at Picacho Mountain or Sonoma Ranch and be scratching their head thinking, how am I going to reach that population? And I'm here to help them do that. So it's, I just get to be the community helper. Nice. I love that. And I feel like community is so important, especially after the last couple of years that we've had. So I'm sure that you're very involved in the community and that's really important to businesses as well. And so I want to go back to in the at the beginning of the episode, you talked about how you had to commit to this path of resistance of owning your business. It's more than just making that first decision to say, yes, I'm going to start this business. I'm going to buy this business, whatever your decision may be, but you have to make that commitment because you will go through highs and lows, I feel like in business. And so do you have any examples of whenever you had to make sure that you, you understood your why, and you had to hold through with that commitment, any struggle like that you want to share with us? Absolutely. So I think with any business owner, when you're either taking over a business or you're starting up a business, I want to encourage everyone to be very truthful and honest with themselves about their why. And I knew that if I embraced my relationships with my neighbors and my community and my business partners, that my cup would be full, that I have a service mindset and I wanted to always make sure that my service to others was in the front of my work. And I knew that the dollars would follow and that I would prosper if I had my heart in the right place. So when I started my business, I was working incessantly because I felt as though I never could do enough. And then I quickly realized that it was not a sustainable model. And after some careful consideration and some coaching, I have a colleague that is a coach and I recommend everyone has a business coach. We took a hard look at, okay, what does my everyday look like? And before we laid out a plan, I first identified what were priorities to me in my life. So if my cup could be full on a personal level, then that would free me up emotionally to be the best I could be in my business. So we identified four or five, I call them like non-negotiables. And then we built my work schedule around the non-negotiables. So I have something in my calendar every day called protected time. And that time is from seven in the morning until 11 in the morning. And during those four hours in the morning, I commit to honoring, shall we say, goals that are important to me personally. It could be education. It could be exercise. It could be breakfast with a friend. It could be personal development. It could be coaching. You name it. It could be a multitude of things that are just really important to me. And then at 11 o'clock in the morning, religiously, I am at my desk at work or I am arriving at an office or a coffee shop to visit with a neighbor or a business partner. And I work from 11 to five each day and when I'm working and I do not deviate from that plan. So that means if I have a dentist appointment, a doctor's appointment that happens between seven and 11 in the morning, I make sure those are scheduled in advance. And I really commit myself to six hours of work a day. And what I found was by working smarter instead of harder, I became more successful. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And oh, so many things that you just said hit me. <laughs> Whenever you said, you feel like you could never do enough. I feel like that's such a common theme for business owners. And even maybe in a nine to five job, because you always have this never ending to-do list and it's never like you cross them all off and then you sit there for an hour and you're like, hmm, what do I do now? Because there's always something to do. So do you want to talk about that for a second? Maybe how you handled yes. the transition from never, there's never enough time to do everything to getting everything accomplished or maybe feeling so, or how did that transition work for you? I was able to engage in some self-examination. Why was I feeling that way? What, what was driving, what was driving, what was the worry that was driving those feelings? And what I realized was that, and again, this was in the beginning of my business ownership. What I realized was I felt grounded in my shoes and that I was walking and I know who I am as a person. I know what my values are. And I wanted every one of my business partners to, to know that about me. But what I realized was that friendships and partnerships, they're made over time. They're not made overnight. And so if I could just focus on just being who I am and and through a natural progression, letting people get to know me, then the rest again would follow. I didn't have, I didn't have to be in, I just didn't have to be loved by everyone in that moment. I knew that people would get to, and I realized, okay, I'm going to be that person that's going to be in a relationship with these people for a long time to come. And as they get to know me, then they'll get to love me. And so we got to that. So I, I got to that point by realizing that I was trying too hard to be, to be something to, to all of those people that I valued. Would you feel like you, you identified as being a perfectionist or how do you feel about that? I still struggle with that. So I want everything to be just perfect every time. The other, the other aha moments that I've had is that sometimes when you are trying so hard for things to be perfect, you're missing out. You're missing out. For example, one of the, one of the aspects of my program is to host private events for my neighbors. I could spend four hours creating name tags for hundred people coming to a gathering, or I could create a space where everyone could write their own name tag and get to know one another in the process. So I was missing opportunities to allow people to network because I wanted everything to be so perfect. So I had to just examine my processes and make sure that I wasn't, that I keep, was keeping my head, my eyes up and not down and looking and seeing and feeling how people were doing. Mm -hmm. Examining your processes. That's <laughs> such a big thing that people skip over. I feel myself included. It's all about reflecting, right? And like realizing what could be improved and reflecting even, even the awareness of right now I'm being a perfectionist. What can I change to make this better for everybody? So that's really I, good. Yeah. I think giving yourself space and time to ask a lot of why questions, like why am I using that process or why is that important? Oh, wait a minute. It's not having a direct positive impact on anyone. Why am I doing? It? And I tried to dedicate the last two weeks of every year to a self-examination process in my business so that when we come into the new year, we're not 
creating improvements. We're not dreaming up improvements. We're implementing improvements. Yeah, that's really, that's a good idea. <laughs> I'm like, should I block my calendar right now? <laughs> yes, <laughs> highly recommend it. So you talked about how you schedule blocking with the seven to 11 and 11 onto work. And so what are some other things, other methods that you use to keep organized? I would say if you are a goal oriented person, then do your best to establish some attainable goals early in the year. So for example, in my particular instance, during this last two weeks of the year, I'll be making plans for 2023 and identifying what some of my goals will be. I, they, they could be financial goals. They could be expansion goals. They could be any, anything that's important to you and make sure they're attainable because make sure they're attainable because you don't want to miss the mark and be deflated and discouraged. So I say I'm all for baby steps. If, if I wanted to connect with 10 new businesses in the month of January, I'm going to, I'm going to set a goal for five and I'm going to celebrate. So I have a giant dry erase board not a board, but a sheet on the back of my office door. And I celebrate those goals and I hold myself accountable. I do not have a rigid daily schedule that says you have to do a certain amount of things each day. I have goals that I set for the week. If I goof off on Tuesday, then I know I have to work extra hard on Wednesday. If I kill it one day through Thursday, guess what? I'm taking Friday afternoon off. So set some goals that also have rewards attached to them. And so the mechanisms I use, like physical mechanisms are, I'm a visual setting goals and then tracking them. So I'm very visual. So I have this big dry erase board and that's really exciting. It's fun when I reach a benchmark or a goal and then I can erase it off the board and I take a picture of it and erase it off the board and create a new one. And the other key element to staying on track, I have something called an accountability partner. This is a gal that she actually lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. She's works in my company with me and we met through a conference with our company and we were all encouraged to find an accountability partner. And so we just connected over Zoom. We liked each other and just started connecting. And now she's one of my dearest friends. We talk every other Friday for a half an hour over Zoom. And then on the other Friday, we, we engage in um, education together. So we could pick a podcast or a YouTube video or go, our company has a university actually, and we go into our university and we pick a module and work together on self-improvement. But at the end of the week, I have to report out my goals. Hey, you said you were going to visit with five neighbors this week. How many did you visit with? And if you didn't visit with all of them, what are you going to do about that? So having an accountability partner to really helps keep you on track. And you also feel like you're not in it alone and you're accounted and you can support your accountability partner as well. I feel like I'm hearing a lot of repeat things. That's um, one of them being the accountability partner. And so I don't know if I need to hear this or one of my listeners, <laughs> probably me. And so, yeah, it's just crazy how you don't really, it's like understanding the advice in theory, but you don't really realize how important it is until you implement it. And so, yeah, I'm working on finding a good, a, 
accountability partner. I think I've found a few. So I went to a women's conference and that worked out really well. And I just love to those events, I think is so important for networking. It is for sure. And just to remind you that you're, you know, you're surrounded by a sea of people who really do want to see you succeed, whether you are coming to content, come into whether you interact with them regularly or not. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And then I keep hearing you say a lot, like that you're a visual person. So you have a whiteboard and stuff. And I feel like it's so important to do what works for you. So did you just have trial and error to figure out what works for you? What works best for you? I know you have that really set schedule and did that come about by trial and error? Did you try other things before you found what worked best for you? I guess is my question. (laughs) For me, because I've been in the workforce for a super long time, I Many years ago, I identified that I'm a visual person. Mm -hmm. So if I'm strategizing with a team of people, I'm looking for the whiteboard. I'm looking for a piece of paper. I'm drawing it out and it, and it, it clears my mind and it takes away the confusion. If I can just get it in a visual space, that's when I can put it on the calendar. That's when we create the tool that I use to keep me on track. Gotcha. Yeah, it's so different for everybody. So with that, the schedule that you keep, do you feel like your schedule is super rigid or a little bit flexible? And do you like one or the other better? So it's rigid from the perspective that I have that 11 to 5 workday. So I, but I'm very flexible about what I'm doing in that time. And that was another adjustment. For example, today, before I was able to visit with you, I had lunch with a business partner down the street and it felt like so much fun that I felt like I wasn't working, but I was working. I was cultivating a relationship. And so I, I keep my calendar open to fill all of those time slots from 11 to five. And my team has full access to my calendar So if they need to book time with me, or maybe my ad designer is working with a partner and they want to catch up with me, she'll go ahead and book time on my calendar. So I actually do share my calendar with others. So I have to maintain a certain amount of flexibility with that as one element of the calendar that we haven't spoken of. It was was such a discovery for me. In 2021, I realized that I wasn't taking planned vacations. And I was, when I needed to take time off, I felt as though, or that was 2020, it was a bit of a rat race. So in 2021, I decided my goal for the year, my big goal for the year, and it was in benchmarks again, was to take six weeks vacation. And I blocked out those vacation days for the entire year. And my husband works in education. So some of those were natural. I could block off two weeks for Christmas and spring break and fall break, et cetera. And I was so proud of myself for sticking to the plan. And I actually was able to accomplish six weeks of vacation and it did not impact my business at all. Wow. That's amazing. And would you think that it even improved your business because maybe you were more efficient while you were working? I just, I never felt worn out. I never felt like I couldn't wait for Friday to come. Just never felt that way. 
And I reinstituted a modified version of our, of my work plan for 2022. And it's been so great. And I actually think I've taken a little bit more than six weeks this year (laughs) by the time the year is over. Yeah, that's really good. And I feel like maybe your time in the morning too, you talked earlier about honoring your personal goals. How do you feel like that affects your, the work day itself too? It has a huge impact. We know that exercise and fresh air release endorphins and they contribute to a more calm, calming and peaceful existence. And especially as I've aged, exercise is critical. I have built into my work plan almost daily exercise and some of it's a little more aggressive than other days, three days of aggressive exercise and then a bit of walking and Pilates and different things throughout the rest of the week. And taking care of myself is something that I never regarded as a priority until I became a business owner and allowed myself that luxury. And I would advocate for any large company owner that is listening to this podcast, that they consider this type of business model for their employees. Because wouldn't you rather have an employee coming to work at 11 o'clock and working till seven, and they've had an opportunity to get in a workout, to take their child for a walk, to participate in some some education or self-care or coaching or have coffee with a friend so that when they're reporting for duty, they are not distracted or even getting their grocery shopping done. So when they're reporting for duty, they're not distracted by all of those things in their day-to-day life. It's creating space for them to take care of themselves so they can be at their best when they're coming to work. Mm -hmm. That's interesting that you say that because I've looked at posts and stuff on LinkedIn where they're talking about going to the four-day work week and it's the same concept just different time frames and I wonder I don't have any examples of businesses that, that use that method to see if it actually works but it'd be interesting to see the studies yeah that's yeah. a great suggestion because you could even let's say we'll use an insurance company as an example our friend Darren so let's say you have a staff member that really wants to be at the office at 6 30 in the morning And then you have an employee that really doesn't want to come in till 11. You've just expanded your office hours to to reach your clients and you've improved the overall morale of your team. By giving them the flexibility that they desire. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that we have, I think we, as a, as our workforce continues to evolve, there are so many opportunities for sure. Yeah. It's hard. I feel like a lot of business owners struggle with letting go of the reins to just test it out. The testing period is crucial though, but then it takes reflecting like we talked about earlier. (laughs) So it's so important. So I have a question about whenever you before you come into work, whenever you're outside of your working schedule, do you feel like you have trouble shutting your mind off from work? There are certain aspects of my work that are unavoidable. So I might have to take an occasional phone call after hours because we are in the print industry. Oftentimes a deadline could, could be on a Saturday because it falls on the 10th of every month. So wherever that 10th day, 10th day falls And it's really a non-issue. And I think it's because I feel so fortunate that I'm really doing that hard work for six hours and not 10 hours. Before I implemented the work model, 
I was working 10 hours a day and trying to do all those other things. And I just wasn't being effective. I think, I feel pretty confident that if you spoke with any of my business partners, they would feel that their engagement is stronger than ever mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you, so you said you work in a franchise, so you have other business owners that you communicate with under the same company. Do they use similar structures, time structures, or do they work the 10 hour days and still try to get everything done? Well, interesting. Interesting. You should ask. I was invited to join national call or a conference to talk about the effectiveness of my work schedule. And there are a few other folks in my company that have adopted a model very similar. So what our company did was they put together best of of our individual experiences and created a model and have done some breakout sessions and workshops for other area directors that would help them to model what I'm doing and what some of our, my successful colleagues are doing as well. Yeah. So did your... Did the idea from this come from your business coach? I would say in combination with the support that I have from my company and my business coach and my business coach. Yes. Yeah. And so I love the topic of business coaches because I agree with you that everyone should have them. (laughs) So what other ways has your business coach helped you in the last five years since you've been a business owner? So my business coach is actually an expert in my field. And so I lean on her for innovation. What worked for you? What efforts yielded the best results? Or oftentimes really if I come upon a challenge or a brick wall, she will, she'll kick the tire with me and try to figure out what the best move going forward is. And sometimes, honestly, we will get on a coaching call and we'll talk about our families. And sometimes that's all we need to do, all I need to do, and I'll invite her to do the same. And sometimes we just need to connect and make sure that we're connecting on that intimate level as well. And my business coach, I probably talk to her twice a month. So it's not a weekly thing. And I am organized and I do keep a list in notes in Google notes. I keep a little list. So I know what topic areas we're going to cover when we come back together. Oh yes. I wanted to chat about this and that and this and that, but much of her coaching is very specific to the work that I do within Tuco. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned innovation. I think that's so important to talk about (laughs) with other business owners. Sometimes you can get in a little rut and just have this one idea, but just thinking about it in a different way can change everything. Yes. And also what I haven't thought of myself as a a particularly creative person. I'm great at here. Let's take this best model and let's replicate it. There's Mm -hmm. no need to reinvent the wheel. But what I have learned is that by brainstorming with my business coach, I'm able to innovate myself. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. How about this? And she'll say, yeah, even better. That's a great idea. I just don't think we should be going it alone. Any of us. Yeah, that's so important. I think in business and in life, (laughs) always have your community. So, well, I have a hesitation. I want to be honest. I have a hesitation with trying the business model and I really, I mean, the, the working from 11 to five. I really want to implement it, but I have this fear of 
of having something go wrong, like not sticking to it perfectly. So what do you do when that happens? Because my, in my very personal life, this is what would happen is I'd be like, okay, I'm only going to work from 11 to five. And I'd set my schedule and I would do my grocery shopping before 11. And I would do my dentist appointments before 11. But then what happens if your friend is like, Hey, let's go to lunch. And it's not really business related. You're not networking. I'm not in the same business field as you. And so what do you do when your plans go awry where I really want to follow this model. There's those fears that come up. (laughs) Yeah. If I hate to say this, but I, I, cause I don't want to discourage you. If a friend wants to have lunch with me, I don't. So I have, I know if a friend says, Hey, let's get together for lunch. I'll say I'm not available for lunch, but I'm available for breakfast. I can do an early morning coffee, I can do breakfast, or I can meet you at five. And if it has to be lunch, then remember I have six weeks of vacation a year. So I'll just jump ahead and, you know, book it when I'm on vacation. I promise you, it's never a problem. Wow. (laughs) It's, It's never a problem. And if my dentist says, hey, I can do Tuesday at two, I'm so sorry, I'm not available. You're just not available. And yeah, I'm not available, but I can do next Friday at 10. So I'm really conscientious about that. I've, and the mentality that I use behind those decisions is that I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing what's right for me, which is ultimately right right for everyone around me. That's very perspective shifting (laughs) because especially when it's last minute, I feel like there's a fear in me that I'm like gonna have FOMO. I'm like, but I wanna go to that lunch. But if you think about it in any other respect, there's there's such a huge responsibility on business owners to have self-discipline. And like whenever one, it's how are you, how are they gonna view you? It's like you own your own business, you can do whatever you want. So they're gonna be butthurt. And then two, you're like, well, isn't this why I started it is to have the flexibility, but you just have to remember that you have the flexibility before, before. Yes, I'm so sorry. I just forgot about this. So one of my weekly goals, I think I may have shared this with you. So I have minimum of three days of exercise. I have, um, one either coaching or education hour a week, I have my personal growth. I have my team meeting every week. And then I also have one friend event. So the one friend event is what you can use to have lunch with your friends. But remember, it it can be during the workday, but don't let it be more than an hour. Yeah. So one friend event a week is built into the workday. Gotcha. Okay. That's good. You don't have to feel guilty for that. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot about that because I just build it in. But no, you definitely can do that. Yeah. Okay. You might've convinced me (laughs) to try this model, at least for a trial period, right? Everything works in seasons. So I can try it for a season and other people listening in can try it for a season. If it doesn't work out for them, then try something else. But if it does, Tamara is just the queen of scheduling (laughs) and she can, we can learn a thing or two from you. I would hope that, that I could help others. And if, if you have any other questions about it, Carly, I'd be happy to visit. And I'm happy to just support you as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I will be sharing it in the show notes where to find you if anyone's interested. Do you want to just say where you are maybe on social media or what your website is? 
Yes, you can email me at tamara.honor at n2co.com. And I'm sure Carly, you'll probably yeah. post that. And you can find me on Facebook at Stroll, S-T-R-O-L-L, Las Cruces. And you also can find me, excuse me, Facebook and Instagram, Stroll Las Cruces. And also for our new movers guide in Las Cruces, you can find me on Be Local Las Cruces on both Facebook and Instagram. And definitely don't hesitate to reach out. I would be delighted to help. And I've shared, I've got a couple of handouts I could even share along the way as well. Thank you again so much for your time spent today. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you for inviting me. It was super fun. Do you own a small business and need help with your numbers? It just happens that I, the host of this show, Carly Welty, has a bookkeeping business. Knowing your numbers is definitely top five things you should absolutely, without a doubt, no questions asked, prioritize in your business. You might be scared because you think your numbers are a mess, but I can help you get them organized and keep them organized going forward. Go to my website, carlywelty.com, to book a free consultation call to get quoted today. Are you just starting your business and you have more expenses than income? I can help with that too. Look on my website to see if my DIY bookkeeping template is right for you. Right now, get 10% off my template with the code PODCAST. I guess I accidentally pressed end record too soon because Tamara and I were chatting for a minute after the recording ended and she gave me another great tip. My biggest fear about having such a rigid work schedule is my friends tempting me to squeeze in some fun. And when I say friends, I mostly mean my husband. He goes through seasons where his work schedule is really flexible and will randomly ask if I have time to go to lunch with him. Tamara gave me the advice of getting your family invested in the time schedule like you are. When she implemented this, she had to tell her husband of the time frame so that he could follow it as well and ensure the best outcome for her. So in the days following recording this episode, I had a major breakthrough. Thanks to my friend Sierra, who is a productivity coach. Shout out to Sierra. I'll link her in the show notes. If anyone needs help being more productive, go find her. Anyways, side tangent. So Sierra and I came up with a plan using Tamara's strategy to have set work hours. But instead of working from 11 to 5, I decided to work the normal workday with a shorter amount of time focused on client work. And so in these hours of client work, I'm only allowed to focus on that. No answering emails, no working on the business, only working in the business. So as you know, I'm a bookkeeper. And so this would mean working on my client's books. I'm not allowed to jump from client to client. I'm working on one client at a time to eliminate distractions and be more efficient. It's basically the same concept as time blocking, but mixed with Tamara's version. I'm really excited to see how this turns out and I will be implementing it and reflecting just like we talked about in today's episode. So anyways, for today's takeaways, number one, Working nonstop is non-sustainable. Work harder, not smarter by blocking off time in your schedule to work and be consistent about your work time boundaries. Number two, when you're trying so hard to make things perfect, sometimes you miss what is truly important. Examine your processes and become aware of the times you are leaning towards perfectionism. Realize that beautiful things can happen when you can learn to go with the flow instead of striving for perfectionism. Number three, give yourself time to reflect, especially as we are approaching the new year. Give yourself time to sit and ask questions. Why did you implement a specific process? Did it work for you in the time period you implemented it? Should you continue to try it or move on to something else? Ask yourself these questions and reflect. Number four, set goals that have rewards attached to them. Make sure to celebrate when you accomplish your set goals. Number five, get yourself an accountability partner. This will help you reflect on your goals and keep you on track. In addition, it reminds you that you aren't in this alone. 
Number six, I think one of my biggest takeaways from this episode is that it's okay to not be available. Tamara talks about not being available for a spontaneous lunch with a friend when it is time to work, but the same can also be true in your personal hours. If you work in an industry where client calls are not an emergency, you can set boundaries to not be available for work during personal hours and vice versa. I think it's so important to have a balance and discipline on both sides, business and personal. Those were my takeaways. If you had any other takeaways, message me on Instagram and tell me what you got from today's episode. I would love to hear from you. If you liked today's episode, do me a favor and share it with a friend who wouldn't want to hear how to ditch the 10 hour workday and work smarter, not harder. So text someone you think should hear this or share it on social media. Bye for now. See you next week.